to the Holistic Endo Expert Podcast. This is your girl, your host, LJ Johnson. This podcast will be coming to you every two weeks to educate, empower, and motivate you so that you can live your best amazing life while holistically managing endometriosis. girl LJ Johnson. We are getting ready to rock and roll today. I wanted to come on and share a little bit of my endometriosis story, right? It's a long one, but your girl gonna try to condense it into about 30 minutes because this is why I started the podcast, right? So many times I get asked, you know, why did you start the podcast? Why are you on Instagram? Why are you doing all these things? Why is it so important to you? Baby, today I'm giving you the why. The down and dirty, the nitty gritty. I am giving you the endo tea on LJ. So the beginning of my endometriosis journey started at the humble age of 14. Yes, 14 years old. I started my period when I was around 12. I remember my mom telling my dad, my dad came home and was like, hey, welcome to, you know, womanhood. Welcome, welcome, you know, you're turning into a lady. And I'm like, okay, yes, uh uh-huh, I'm feeling it, right? Like I was feeling empowered. Honey, that empowerment was crushed soon thereafter, let me tell you, right? So started my cycle at the age of 12. At the age of 14, I started to have some issues, right? And not just some cute issues, like, Let's kind of get into it. Y'all already know if you know me from other platforms, baby, nothing's TMI. I like to keep it real. I like to keep it 100. So at the age of 14, I started having painful cramps, right? Bleeding, just little things, right? And I hate to be so negative, but you know what? This is my story. So I'm going to just give you all the details, right? So I started having painful cramps, a lot of bloating, a lot of food sensitivities, a lot of inflammation, right? So what happened is my period would come, you know, and everyone else was, as I date myself, right? As all my other friends were running the bleachers at the gym, right? running through PE, I would have my period and I couldn't do anything, right? I could barely walk, right? There were times I couldn't formulate sentences, right? Now at the age of 14, you know, your teachers are like, come on, we're going to run these laps. We're going to do this, that, and the other. Baby, I couldn't do it, right? I remember having conversations with my friends and I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Both of us are on our periods, but you're running the bleachers. You're doing your thing. When my cycle came, I'm wheezing like a crazy person. My inhalers weren't working. My body was falling apart. I was in a lot of pain and I just came to accept it, right? It was just like, okay, here comes my period. I'm going to be miserable, right? So that was the age of 14. Now let's take it a little further. As I got a little older, it turned into something a little bit different, right? Your girl graduated high school at the age of 15, went straight to college. So at 15 years old, I was in college, right? The stress of making all A's, you know, being the overachiever, being the type A, right? So stress was very high. But what started to happen is I started to have pain and cramping outside of my cycle, right? So at first it was like, okay, I'm going to be miserable for one and a half weeks out of the month. You know, I can deal with that, right? Five to seven days of discomfort. I got this. I'm a strong black woman, you know, whatever. Then it ticked up to where, okay, I was out for those days, but then outside of my cycle, I was having pain and cramping, right? So I remember when I was in college, you know, I was kind of the boss of me then, right? I was older, you know, 15 years old, the boss of me as much as I could be. So I was able to go to the doctor without really chatting with my mom, right? I didn't need her permission. I didn't need whatever. So I was going in to the physician. And what I started to realize is that I was complaining, right? And I'm telling him how having pelvic pain, you know, they're like, oh, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And I'm like, no, I'm eating healthy. I'm doing all the things, but nothing was working, right? My health was deteriorating. I remember a professor sitting
sitting me down and was like, hey, LJ, you're an amazing student. You're one of my best, but here's the deal. You're either here and amazing or you're gone, right? And it was like me having to have one of the most embarrassing conversations in my lifetime, right? One of the many, but explaining to my professor that, you know, when I'm on my period, I couldn't walk. When I'm on my period, I couldn't talk. When I'm on my period, even though I lived on campus, I could not, I repeat, I could not walk from the dorms to the class. And so he was pretty, you know, flexible with me. He listened, you know, he wasn't loving my story, but he was like, okay, honey, whatever you got to do, right? So I was still making A's, no big deal. But this is what happened, right? It turned from that to all of a sudden outside of my period, right? So I had my week of my period. So I'm like, oh, I'm, at, I'm MIA, right? Then it was PMS week. And so I wish I could find my old calendars, but I literally would take my old calendars and I would write on there like PMS week, right? And that would be the week where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be bloated. I'm going to be cramping. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'm going to be thrown up all the time. I'm going to be passing out. Like that just became my norm. But then it became, okay, I'm not just out for two weeks. Now I'm out for three weeks, right? So we're talking about all the symptoms. Let me just cover them head to toe, right? Because this is the thing with endometriosis. My endodiagnosis could look so different than yours, look so different than another listener, right? And so, so many times people are like, I don't know if it's endo. I don't know what's going on. And if you stick with us on this podcast, we're going to talk about, you know, the diagnosis of it, what it really is, the treatment. But this time, just kind of a little bit of my story. So for me, an endometriosis flare would look like, you know, chronic debilitating headaches, sinus headaches. I'm talking about those throbbing headaches where you literally want to scream, where you can't focus, right? I always had a lot of pressure around my eyes, right? A lot of pressure in my ear, nose, and throat. I don't know how many times I went to the ENT and they were like, you got another sinus infection, or I'd have these debilitating headaches. And they're like, we don't know why you're having these headaches, right? So even though I'm 43 years old, your girl has had not one, not two, not three, but I repeat four sinus surgeries, right? Because there was always chronic systemic inflammation in my body, right? Always something going on in my head. Now, yes, I did have some polyps and a deviated septum, but at the end of the day, I hate to say it, it wasn't just a sinus issue, right? It was that chronic inflammation with endometriosis. So I always had ear, nose, and throat issues. I always had allergy issues, not just the cute seasonal allergies where you can take an Allegra and get it pushing. Uh -uh. I'm talking about baby. I got to where I was so allergic. There was a time I was allergic to iceberg lettuce. Yes, you heard me correct. Iceberg lettuce, crunchy water. Your girl couldn't take it in, right? Like everything really just ticked off my body, right? It was so painful. It was so discouraging. I got to where the food sensitivities were so severe. I was very limited in what I could eat, right? One second I could eat this, the next day I would eat it and make me super bloated, right? So I had a lot of GI issues, right? I got the diagnosis of IBS, which we know is total BS, right? When they don't even know what's going on, right? But I was always bloated. I was always constipated. I was backed up. I had the food sensitivities. Let's talk about skin, right? Acne all over. Acne on my face, chest knee, back knee, butt knee, anything knee, honey. I had it. It was acne all over my body. Let's talk about your girl had eczema on her face. I'll never forget the time I went to a dermatologist during an endo flare and we're trying to figure out what's going on. And she's like, hold it. The eczema on your elbows. Okay. I got it. The eczema, everything. But she's like, you now have eczema on your face. I'm like, sweet baby Jesus, somebody take me home. Like, what do you mean? Right? So I had eczema all over. The thing is also when my period would come, I felt like none of my medications would work, right? And I know some of you are listening to the story being like, LJ, you're reading my mail, honey. We've been there, right? So with my eczema, it would get really bad, right? And one second it'd be good. My cycle would come and I'd have eczema all over my body, right? The steroids and the medications that started to work on a regular basis, between the flares, they'd work, right? But then it got to where when I was in a flare back to back, the medications weren't working, right? So I had all the ear, nose, and throat issues. I had the food sensitivities, dental issues. Baby, don't even, that could be a whole podcast in itself. 
myself, right? Tons of dental issues, right? You would think that I wasn't brushing my teeth. Every time I turned around, I had a chipped tooth. I needed a root canal. My gums were always inflamed and bleeding, right? There was always some type of dental emergency and I could never figure out why. And I'm like, I'm doing the water pick. I got the overpriced toothbrush. I'm doing the, you know, the tongue scraping. I'm doing all the things, right? Once again, tons of dental issues, right? Tons of GI issues, lots of joint pain, right? A lot of pain in my back, right? I was a fitness professional. I was traveling the world. I'm telling other people, you know, how to stay fit, how to stay healthy. Let's be honest. When I was on stage, I was feeling amazing. When I wasn't on stage, there were days I couldn't walk. I was crawling to the bathroom, extreme joint pain, right? And not that joint pain that, oh, I did a good job, man. I kicked butt at the workout, right? Not that pain. The pain that was like, why is there a chainsaw in my joints right now? Why do my knees, my ankles, I would remember getting flares in my elbows. Like what exercise am I literally doing at the gym to flare my elbows, right? Like, I, I don't know. I was trying to figure it out, right? Lots of joint pain, lots of muscle and ligament issues, right? If I got a sprained ankle, you know, for someone else, a sprained ankle, you know, it heal up in a couple months. For me, I remember getting a high ankle sprain. Your girl was in a boot for almost two and a half years. Yes, you heard me correctly. Two and a half years for a high ankle sprain to heal, right? My body was just not healing, right? I was that person that you're like, girl, you're always sick. I was that sickly one, right? Friends got to where they'd invite me to stuff, but they knew I probably couldn't make it because they're like, girl, you always got something going on. I was always, I repeat, always, always, always in a healing crisis, right? So we're talking about constant GI issues, self-esteem issues. So that all started to tick up. I know that's a lot, right? So between like 16 and 20, all of that started to tick up. Now at the age of 19, I got married, got pregnant. So for me, my endometriosis journey did not pose any fertility issues, right? I've got two children. They were healthy pregnancies. Very stressful for my second one, right? But here's the thing, right? And I don't even want to segue too much off my story, but I'm going to crush that misconception right now, right? Having a baby did not cure my endo. I'm going to just leave it right there. We'll go a little deeper on other episodes, right? So that is what I was dealing with every single day, right? Loss of self-esteem. My self-confidence was in the toilet. You know, I was having issues in my relationship, right? So a lot of the times we want to focus on the physical aspects of endo, right? The physical pain, the back pain, the this, that, and the other. But let me tell you, endo was rocking my world, right? So I got pregnant with my first baby, got my girl Gabrielle, everything was good, right? So the pelvic pain kind of subsided, you know, when I was pregnant. But as soon as I was done giving birth, probably two, three months later, the pain kicked up. I was bleeding every day. I was cramping every day. The brain fog, the energy, you know, dumping. I mean, one second I was energetic. You know, it's like one second I'm on top of the world. I'm on the mountain. The other second I'm like under the bed crying and crawling because my body would either be 110% or would be drained and just totally wiped out, right? So I remember having a conversation with my physician and I'm like, you know, there's something going on. I'm always sick. My asthma was flaring up. You know, I'm on prednisone. I'm on, you guys know, I'm on all the things, literally just a zillion band-aids to try to hold me together. And so I kept talking about pelvic pain, you know, painful sex, etc. So as soon as you say that, you guys already know, they're like birth control. Hey, 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 I got you girl. So I did all that, right? I tried all that. It was not working. I am sassy as it comes right now, baby. So that birth control was not good for my attitude. I'm just going to leave it at that. Not to mention, it didn't bring me any results. I didn't feel any better. So yes, I did the birth control, but it did not clear up my hormonal acne. It didn't help regulate my cycle. I was still in pain. I was still bleeding all of, you know, the week of my period. I was bleeding before my period. I was bleeding outside of my period. It got to where I was bleeding more than I wasn't, right? Like that is what birth control did for me. So I was really frustrated. So I remember my doctor told me, you know, the only way, you know, that we're going to cure your endo, you know, a couple things you can do is, you know, have babies. So I'm like, okay, I had one. Now I will never sit here and say that I had a second child. 
to cure my endo because that is definitely not true. But once I decided, okay, my little girl's lonely. She needs a little playmate. She needs someone else. I got pregnant the second time. And so I was like, okay, the endo pain is going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to just erase, right? It's, it's no longer going to be there, right? Like I'm holding on to that, right? So once again, during my pregnancy, it was okay. But with my second pregnancy, that endo pain came back before I had him. And so I started having a lot of cramping once again, a lot of bleeding. So then I was concerned about the health of the baby. My body was shutting down. I was having a lot of kidney issues that pens and needles that I always felt on my bladder started to happen. So it's like my body just started to shut down. And so this whole misconception of go have a baby, get pregnant and cure your endo. I'm like, okay, so have the second baby and I'll never forget the conversation I had with my OB. And I'm like, look here. Now you said if I had kids and stretch everything out and I'd be better, it ain't working. How many kids am I going to have to have? Am I going to have to kick one out every two, three years? Do I need to have a basketball team? Am I having one a year? Like literally I'm desperate. And my doctor was like, well, you know, obviously that's not working. You know, it's just a period problem. You guys have heard all these things. You know what I'm talking about. So I was like, okay, if it's just a period problem, I'm still buying it. So as I was being, you know, kind of pushed through those little hoops, pushed through that gaslighting, I was also furthering my education, right? So I was going to school. I was taking courses because for me, I've always really been big on the natural, but I have to be very honest, right? And that's what I do right now. I'm all about natural healing, healing yourself naturally, but there are times you need pharmaceuticals. For me personally with my endo journey, I did all the pharmaceuticals, but it wasn't working, right? I tried the birth control, wasn't working. I did medically induced menopause, right? They told me, hey, if it's a period problem, let's shut off your period. Well, I'll be here right now to tell you, your girl did a Lufron injection. I was supposed to get a three month injection. They accidentally gave me a six month, right? That's a whole nother story. So what happened is with that six month injection, it actually stayed in my body for two and a half years. Yes, you heard me right. I was in medically induced menopause for two and a half years. I cannot even come up with the words to say them politely on a podcast of how miserable I was. If you ask me to this very day, if there's anything I regret, that is my biggest regret going on Lupron. It does work for some. It did not work for me. It exasperated my pain. I gained a ton of weight, the joint pain. I was injuring. I was getting snapping angles. I mean, I had three cracks on my foot. I was working out. My body turned to about 65 years old in two weeks, but my mind was still around, you know, 30 thinking everything was cool, right? Like I said, I could talk about Lupron forever. It was one of the worst decisions I made. So I did the pharmaceuticals. I did the natural and I just was, you know, I was discouraged. I'll be very honest. It was very discouraging to be a fitness professional, to be a professional traveling the world, you know, telling everyone what to do to be healthy, you know, what to do to be living their best life, you know, telling them, you know, eat six meals a day and it's going to help you stay lean and all that. And then at the end of the day, the stuff I was traveling the world, I want you to listen to this, the stuff I was taught that I was regurgitating and traveling the world, telling other people, it stopped working for me. So the whole, you know, over exercise, lose weight, stopped working. The whole don't eat fat so that you won't be fat. It stopped working. The whole eat X amount of calories to lose weight stopped working. Like all of a sudden it was like mind boggling for me. It just wasn't working anymore. So at that time I kind of stepped away from my career. I had to prioritize my health. Not to mention at that time I was a single parent of not just one, but two children, right? So we're talking about chronically ill. I guess I'll circle back to how, you know, it took me forever to get my diagnosis. So it took me 16 years to get my endometriosis diagnosis, right? So 
I'm a single parent with two children. Finally got my endometriosis diagnosis. You know, I'm doing the birth control. I'm doing the Lupron. I'm doing the procedures. I'm doing all the things, right? Under the misconceptions list, right? That's what's going to cure my endo. And I was freaking miserable. My quality of life was non-existent, right? So I did finally get my diagnosis around 16 years. So around my early 30s, I got my diagnosis and that's when I did the Lupron. But let me circle back and tell you this, right? Getting my diagnosis wasn't really the hardest part of my journey. Yes, it took 16 years. Yes, it was me and Dr. Google and WebMD and staying up all night, honey. We didn't have all the fun platforms like Twitter and Instagram. I was on babycenter.com literally asking other mothers like, am I crazy? What's going on with my body? right? That was me. And so I ended up doing a ton of research and that is how I figured out that I had endometriosis. I was desperate. I seen another mom that had PCOS or PCOS or whatever you want to call it, talking about how she changed her nutrition and made these changes. And you know, she was having period issues between all of that and my own training, right? That I was doing with functional medicine and integrative medicine. That is really how I came up with my diagnosis. And we'll definitely cover that in future podcasts. You know, the best way to get diagnosed, the treatments, the things you can do naturally, like, I said, I'm just trying to compact my story so that you guys can get a little sample of why I'm so passionate about what I do. So at the age, in my early 30s, I did the medically induced menopause. I stayed in menopause for two and a half years. It did not cure my endo. It exacerbated my pain. It aged my body, the brain fog, the bloating, the this, that, and the other, the whole lie that I bought. I'll be very honest. I bought the lie. If we turn off your period, if we turn off your hormones, we'll turn off the pain. That didn't work for me. Not to mention when it didn't work, what did they do? Put me on more hormones, right? So I was like, hold it, I'm confused. One second you said if I turn the hormones off, I'd be better. Oh, it's not working. Now you want to put me on progesterone. So then I'm super bloated. I'm super, you know, gaining tons of weight. I feel like a crazy person and I'm just like, ah, right. And I still am focusing on the physical part, right? So let's talk about the mental health part that was deteriorating from the age of 14. When I was 14 years old, I'll never forget it. I love my mama, but let me tell you, baby, she sat me down and had a strong black girl conversation with me and I got the speech that I was a strong black woman. I didn't feel pain. I'm also a PK. So for you guys that know, that means pastor's kid. So even the more, right, when you're raised in the church, you pray about it, you drink some water, you take it to the Lord and you keep it pushing. But here's the deal. Your girl couldn't walk some days. Your girl couldn't talk some days. I couldn't breathe some days, right? So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm drinking the water. I'm doing all the things, but I'm not getting better, right? So at the age of 14, I was pretty much put on notice that if I felt the pain, then I needed to ignore it and that I was not allowed to complain about it, right? I remember calling back in the days where you called your parents when you were at school, right? I left a message on the voicemail on the old recorder, you know, with the tapes. And my mom's like, yeah, I heard the message. My mom didn't answer. I left a message. I said I was in pain. I'd had an accident at school. I was cramping. She didn't answer, you know, whatever. So I called my neighbor. Neighbor picked me up, took me home, came home. Guess who was home? Mama was home. And she's like, oh yeah, I heard the message. And so I got the speech again. So at that point, I knew it was no longer okay to talk about my period cramps, to talk about my pelvic pain, to talk about how I passed out. You know, I just was knowing at that point it was not okay. And so at that age of 14 till even probably into my thirties, right? When I really started to open up, I was hiding in plain sight. I didn't feel comfortable, you know, complaining about it. I didn't feel comfortable talking about the pain when I went to the doctor, even when I make the appointments, I still had that old stigma that a lot of brown and black families have, right? What happens in this house stays in this house. But that was not helping me get the help that I need. That was not helping me get the diagnosis. My mental health was deteriorating, right? Many of you know me from Instagram and you see me in my videos and my
my pictures and all that now. My self-esteem when you're covered with head-to-toe acne and eczema, baby, your self-esteem is not camera ready. To be very honest, I don't even know if I said this in a public forum before, but from the age of probably 17 till around my early 30s, there's not many photos of me, right? My parents basically threatened me when I graduated high school, so I took a picture at 15. I think I've got a couple more photos between maybe 15 and 18. Got married, didn't have a wedding, so no big photos there. But no photos, right? I was embarrassed. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't feel comfortable in my own body. My self-esteem was just, just crushed, right? There's no other way to put it. I wasn't confident in myself. I was not confident in my body. And I'll take it a step further. I didn't feel like I could trust my body, right? So we've got the physical health being deteriorated, the mental health, you know, the financial, right? It costs a lot of money to get a diagnosis, right? It's very frustrating to go to multiple doctor's appointments where they're not taking you serious, right? Where you're dealing with the gaslighting. When you just say something about pelvic pain, period pain, and they're throwing you on birth control, right? Or my favorites were when I went in and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Well, it must be a mental health issue. So that was actually always my favorite, right? Cause I'm like, look here, I am a psychologist, right? So not that I'm perfect, don't get me wrong, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not a mental health issue. There's something actually going on with my body. But when they couldn't figure out what was going on with my body, right? Then it's in my head, right? So I remember many, many times coming out of my doctor's appointment, sitting in my Tahoe and just weeping. Cause I did feel like I was crazy. I'm like, my doctor just told me it's not a big deal, but I'm like, I could have swore I missed a week of work last week, right? My doctor's telling me it's not a big deal, but I just missed another holiday with my children, right? It got so bad where I'd have to pass my children off to their grandparents and grandparents would take them to the mountain house for the holidays because mama couldn't get out of bed, right? So around that age of 30, I just honestly got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was raising two children. My parenting skills and custody was on the line because I couldn't show up every day and take care of my family. I was calling and texting neighbors to take my kids to school, to take them to bed, to take them to, you know, to different projects, to do, to live life, right? I was not able to show up as a parent. My career was in jeopardy. I had fought for this position. And I mean, almost brings me to tears. I worked myself to the bone, baby. Worked myself up to the position, got to the top, and then two weeks later had to go in in tears and hand back the job and try to explain to them that what everybody thought was period pain was probably the worst, absolute worst invisible disease I've ever dealt with outside of all the other diagnoses I had and that I literally could not fulfill the position, right? And I remember them telling me, you know, we'll let you take time off. We'll do what we can to accommodate you. And it was trying to explain to them that there was nothing that I could do. I wanted the job. I loved what I did, but my body would not allow me to show up and be my best self. My body was not going to allow me, like I said, it wasn't reliable, wasn't going to allow me to show up and represent that company and do that what we needed to do. So I was walking away from jobs, right? I was walking away from time with my children, my mental health, my self-esteem, relationships. By then, you know, like I said, your girl was married, then she was divorced, right? Being married and dealing with endometriosis and not having a diagnosis, right? Trying to explain to an ex-husband that it's, you know, you don't, not that you don't want to have sex, but you know, at the time I'm married, it's I'm in pain right? There's chainsaws running through my body, right? There's something going on there. There's pens and needles dancing on my, you know, on my bladder 24 seven, right? Always feeling like I had a UTI, which I didn't, but would always be put on probiotics, right? Or not probiotics. I wish I was put on probiotics, always being put on antibiotics, right? Because I always had all these weird, crazy pains going on, right? So for me, I got to where I was like, okay, I've done everything, right? And at that moment, I'll be very honest. People always ask me, you know, why did you start your program? 
program? You know, what is it? And I know some people are kind of like, oh, I just laid in the bed one night and I wanted to change the world. Okay, I'll be honest. I wanted to change the world, but I'm going to lean in on this one. Baby, I was desperate, right? I wanted to change my world before I was even thinking about everyone else. I was desperate because my quality of life was non-existent, right? I knew I had a calling. I knew I had a purpose, but my body would only allow me to show up two to three days a week, right? Now, there are some jobs where you can work two, three days a week or businesses, but I wasn't in that position yet, right? So I needed to be able to show up consistently to provide for my family, right? To maintain custody of my children, to do these things. And my body just wasn't at that place. So after doing all of that for many years, I just, I'll be honest, I gave up. I scheduled a hysterectomy and I was like, okay, you know, I'm buying the other lie, right? The lie of God knows how many, right? The whole, if you take out all your lady parts, everything will be okay. And this is where my story turned around. So I scheduled my hysterectomy and I knew for me that scheduling the hysterectomy, you know, I was going to have to recover after. So I scheduled the hysterectomy. They couldn't get me in for six or seven months, which looking back was a total godsend because, you know, many of you, maybe, maybe you don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, right? But hysterectomies do not cure endometriosis. So I scheduled my hysterectomy. They couldn't get me in for six or seven months. And during that time, that is when my life turned around. And I say that, I say it lightly, but with so much power, that is when my world turned around. That is when I began to really and truly find the power of natural healing, right? The power of lifestyle changes, the power of nutrition, the power of mindset. That is when I was able to take back my power, right? I got tired of being sick and tired. I got tired of all the pain pills. I got tired of missing out on life. So what happened is I really started to research and figure out like what worked for my body. Yes, I had the endometriosis diagnosis. No, there was no cure. If you're listening to it today in 2022 or 2035, right? Probably still won't be a cure, but I knew that I needed something different. So I started to make a lot of nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset changes. And those changes allowed me to go in for pre-op and decide to not, I repeat, to not get a hysterectomy. So as of right now, when I'm recording this on July 11, 2022, I have not had a hysterectomy. I have not needed it. I have not had excision surgery. I was able to put my endometriosis into remission by making lifestyle changes. And that is why I created this podcast because so many times I know that pharmaceutical options are out there. I know that there are, you know, everyone's story is different, but I want to shout my story from the rooftops, right? That not everyone's story looks the same, but we can have quality of life, right? So that is what this podcast is going to tell you, you know, what I did to change my nutrition, my lifestyle changes, what I did for me may not work for you, but I want to put you in the driver's seat of your health, right? Because I know what it's like to feel like you're just riding in the back of an Uber, right? You're just going along with the program, but I want to equip you, motivate, empower, and educate you so that you can have an amazing life despite your diagnosis, right? Maybe you don't have endometriosis. Maybe you have endo and PCOS. Maybe you've got endo and fibroids. Maybe you've got all three, right? Whatever it is, whatever womb wellness issue you have, right? If you got a uterus, I'm talking to you. You can live an amazing life despite your diagnosis, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to start putting the tools in your toolbox so that you can have pain-free days, right? So that you can address those gut issues, so that you can address that brain fog and the energy and all of the things that come with endo that put us on mattress island, no more, right? Not saying your life is going to be perfect, but I want you to really lean into this podcast, right? Set the timers, set the reminders, follow, get on our social media, all the things, because I am super excited to start breaking 
breaking down for you all of the things that I've done to turn my world around. I will say it right now, and I proudly say it, that I am pain-free, right? There's no painful sex, there's no painful periods, the back pain, the migraines, all these things, right, that made me feel like I was crazy, that made me hate my body, I no longer experience those, right? And so my goal is to get you to the best place that works for you, right? To get you that quality of life. So like I said, I want to keep this one short and sweet. I could probably do a two-hour podcast (laughs) on my endo story. So that's kind of the high notes, the low notes, and the end between. Definitely, if you want to check out more of my story, follow me on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes. Would love to hear from you guys as well. If you have any questions about my story, if you have any suggestions of people that we should bring on the podcast that would support us on our journey. I've got some amazing doctors and practitioners lined up. I also would just really love to hear from you guys if you have questions and things that you want to address on the podcast. Go into the show notes, fill out the Google form, let me know because this podcast is for you, right? This isn't about me. This is about our community, right? It takes a community and I am getting ready to take our community to the next level, right? So I am super excited. I appreciate you guys for listening. Podcasts will be dropping shortly. I'm just going to get about another four or five episodes. I'm going to drop them on you guys like it's hot. And then every two weeks, get ready. So I'm I'm telling you right now, grab your toolbox because your girl's going to be putting the tools in. Thank you and have an amazing day. Bye. Thanks for listening to another amazing episode of the Holistic Endo Expert Podcast. Now, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening platform and be sure to leave a five-star review telling me your biggest takeaway from today's episode. Also, take advantage of those show notes where you can find lots of freebies and offers to help you with your endometriosis journey. Last but not least, be sure to follow me on Instagram and I look forward to bringing you more amazing content to help you go from endo warrior to endo conqueror.